0: It starts with an idea, then it's all about action. We're asking the hustlers, the action dreamers, the entrepreneurs how to make it all possible. But this is all about keeping it real. Not everything is picture perfect, and we want to know about the struggle and the many sleepless nights that it takes to bring a business to life. They say we learn through our mistakes. Well, we're asking the experts so you don't have to. This is commercial free.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Commercial Free Podcast. Today, I have my great friend, Luke Anning. He is a confidence coach, and he helps people get out of their own way and become the the best version of themselves. So, Luke, why don't you introduce yourself to... the people that are listening.
0: Yeah, so I'm Luke, Um, I'm a confidence coach. Essentially, I use childhood development and behavioral psychology systems on top of growth mindset to essentially elevate elevate people who struggle with self-doubt, they struggle with confidence, that may be within their business, that may be within their personal life, self-worth issues, and basically transform that into their badass best version of themselves, like you said. But essentially, I was that kid who Struggled with feeling not enough like I I didn't feel enough early on and that being for friends being for myself being for for my parents like I didn't feel enough in sports I really struggled and I really struggled accepting myself as well so like I'm bisexual but coming from an environment where my favorite thing to do was play contact sport I just wanted to beat the shit out of everyone because that was my that's my trauma right and I'm just clear can we swear here yeah okay cool um oh yeah oh yeah no we could swear yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah we can um and from there i was like fueling all my pain into into a contact sport but then obviously there was just this huge stigma i was like well i can't i can't be bisexual i have to be straight so then I couldn't even accept myself in there. And then, you know, down that road, along that road of anxiety and depression and toxic relationships and more struggles with self esteem and using alcohol and various coping mechanisms to hide away from it, I was at a point where I was taking um, ecstasy twice a week, every week, um, every night I went out, um, on top of going out like three, four other nights in the week as well. And obviously no serotonin going on whatsoever. And it just left me really, really heavily depressed and uh, went to get um, some mental health counseling. I was told I wasn't ill enough. Um, And then that week after I tried to commit suicide. So yeah, that was the darkest times, I suppose. But on the back end of that, after moving away from all of that, changing my environment, changing who I hung around with, um, changing my mindset, we rock and roll and we're on the way to a six-figure business so yeah that's amazing thank you for sharing that so like would you say your journey started
1: as a confidence coach after um almost uh committing suicide
0: and then just um realizing what had to change in your life so I knew in those moments that I knew I was here for, for a great purpose, and I knew if anybody else felt like that, I didn't want anyone else to feel like that and go like that um, by themselves. Um, the transition to confidence coaching in itself, I was actually a fitness coach, but I was really enjoying learning about the psychology of fitness and sports psychology. And as I was diving into this more and more, I was like, hey, like, this really isn't, like fitness is a large part of my life but I was like this isn't this isn't why I started my fitness journey like I started my fitness journey just because it was something to keep me on the straight and narrow like keep me something focused with and to feel my pain rather than a, a body image perspective so I was like hey like I'm going to transition into some mindset work, ended up being a fitness and mindset coach. And then I transferred basically into what I do now, which is as a longer title is confidence and mindset. But really, it's it's confidence coach. So, yeah, that's what I do now. That's been the transition, really. So, yeah,
1: thank you for for sharing that with me. So what's it like uh, just being a confidence coach in general? Like, like for someone like our listeners who don't know. What coaching in general is can you uh, explain that
0: a little bit yeah so what's confidence coaching like it's the best job in the world um you literally just help people every single day but really a lot of it is people coming to me very very disorganized they're not very empowered in their journey they may have had people talk down on them in their life like for me for example like i didn't really feel like i was supported in terms of where I wanted to go with my dreams with friends. I wasn't supported how I felt with my parents. This was part of the depressive thoughts as well. You very much isolate yourself, but um, I just didn't feel supported. I felt like I had to be someone else. So knowing that when people come to me with a similar, similar issue, it's like they finally have somebody that believes in them. They finally have somebody that not only believes in them, but then can give them the systems and framework to be successful in what they wanna be successful in. And what's fun about it is oftentimes people have these things with inside them. They already know what to do. But sometimes they need that person to give them the little urge, give them the questions, give them a few systems to get them rocking and rolling. Because I look at it like, hey, I could give you all the systems in the world, but knowledge-based learning only goes so far. You can learn, the perfect way to film and record a podcast but if you don't actually learn how if you don't actually take action and get that experience based learning then you're not going to fully learn how to do it
1: no you're right yeah if you don't take the action nothing's ever going to happen so thank you for sharing that and just like um like you touched upon it before so like what's the like the funnest part about being a confidence coach is being able to to do that for for a living
0: seeing people realize their worth and then carry that worth into a point where they're not people pleasing and being walked over anymore and really valuing their time and when they do that they can then elevate themselves to the level that they deserve to be and the world deserves to see it's it's honestly so powerful it's some of my clients, like seeing their transformation, like for example, I had a girl with 25 years of anxiety and depression, diagnosed with general anxiety disorder on various different medications. And she's just been been given medication, that's all she's been given, she's never been taught how to deal with her anxious thoughts, how to understand why they're coming up, where they're coming from, um, and reprogramming that. And then five weeks in, we've had our first week of no anxiety and no depression, and she's on her way to 10K months within her business, which she started like two weeks after that. So it's like, boom, 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 boom. Like, let's go
1: that and that must boost your confidence too yeah. as a confidence coach ironically right because you get to see how how um people are reacting to what you're teaching them. So it's it, hel- it helps both sides too, because now she has the confidence and, th- and can eventually get off the medications, I'm sure, that were never initially helping her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And this isn't to say that medication doesn't save lives. There's definitely a stigma around it and it definitely would have helped her to a degree. But if we just keep upping and upping and upping the medication levels and don't actually learn how to deal with our anxious thoughts, because it's a normal emotion, the same as excitement is, but they both come from the same part of the brain, the amygdala, and that same way we perceive anxiety is another way that somebody else might perceive excitement. For example, I love this analogy. Let's imagine we're on a roller coaster, right? So some of the listeners might be super excited to get on the roller coaster. They might be like, I can't wait for this, and I can't wait for this. And they might be next to somebody who's actually really anxious, and they'll be like, Oh well, what if the belts come off? Or what if the bolts come come unloose and we fall off? Like both of them are getting this same feeling, these same readings from their subconscious. And these same triggers with the excitement and anxious feelings, but then how we perceive them consciously is how we then move forward. So those thoughts, how we program those thoughts that come out, that turns into our feelings, that turns into actions. So those actions either being worrying or excitement, and then the results are, okay, you might not end up getting on the roller coaster or you're going to have the best time of your life. Wow. That's amazing. I never thought about that way. So would you say, so
1: from, so just to make it a little more clear. So would you say that the same feeling that you get when you're anxious or happy is the same until you actually put
0: um, context to it? So anxiety and excitement, particularly. Yeah. So, um, for example, a really effective way to deal with anxiety, um, is when you get those anxious feeling, just out loud over and over again, start repeating, I'm excited, I'm excited, I'm excited, I'm excited. Like particularly like for some of you listeners who maybe get onto sales calls or you're getting into team meetings or whatever that may be, and you're feeling that little bit of nervous energy, start telling yourself over and over again, I'm excited, I'm excited, I'm excited. And I guarantee you'll change your total thought process on what's going to happen. Thank you for sharing that. Cause like I've, I've had to, I've had to deal with that in the past
1: too. Like sometimes before I would, I would work with people, um, like my mindset wasn't right. And then that would kind of just like trickle into like the the work we were doing. And then, and I realized it and I'm like, oh shit, I got to fix this. So it's, it's definitely something we have to be conscious of. So like, if you, if you tell yourself you're going to be happy and and that this is going to go well, it will eventually uh, happen that way. Earlier, you touched upon it. I think before we, before we started recording the podcast, you mentioned that you have a group coaching program. Why don't you tell me a little bit more about that?
0: Yeah, so uh, Confident Leaders Academy, we've actually just closed doors on the uh, first launch, so second launch will be the mid side of things of March, so around the 14th. Um, But yeah, so Confident Leaders Academy is essentially a group program that I built around a community because I know how powerful it is to be around a community of people that are growing, particularly me, somebody who struggled to fit in and somebody who was always friendship group to friendship group. You end up falling into a few friendship groups that really aren't great for you. But some people carry these friendship groups into their lives as they move forward. And your friendship groups are a a reflection of the habits that you enjoy, enjoy, right? Otherwise you don't end up hanging out with them anymore. So for example, a lot of my old friendship groups love going to the bars, love going to the pubs. Um, And I did at the time as well, because that was my stress coping mechanism. But, As you move forward you go okay this is a lot of time that i'm spending at these club at these clubs at these bars whatever then that's carrying on over into my next day like is this moving me forward in the long term no not really so off the back of that that was kind of how my ideology came in with the group coaching i was like hey I really want to set people up into an environment that is going to help them grow and they're going to be around growth-minded, growth-orientated individuals. So that's a beautiful part of it as well. But also what's beautiful is a lot of these people have been people who really had a lot of takers in their life, a lot of people that constantly relied on them for advice, relied on them for care or for whatever that may have been in their life but they've never been around other people that actually support them. So they've always been the supporter. They've always been the cheerleader, the people pleaser, that type of thing. But when you get a collective of that many people, in that kind of the community, the things that you can create is incredible. Like there's one of the girls in there, she's building a journaling business. Her intentions are to build a nine figure business. I know 100% she's got it in her. Like you speak to her and you're like, hell yeah, this girl's driven. You know that she's got it in her. But to add to that, it's like, we've got, no, how many people are in? We've got 15 people on that first launch that, that are that driven as well so and what's sexy about the program as well is there's three seven-figure entrepreneurs leading a presentation of confidence building in the program at four week points as well so that's pretty sexy on top of that and then they also get a little bit of an introduction into what my one-to-one coaching looks like as well so they get a call at the start and then they get a call in the midpoint of it but yeah it's beautiful essentially, yeah, it's like my second baby, my first baby being my one-to-one, my second baby being my group coaching, they both get an equal amount of love. Yeah. So what, so which one did, did you find more challenging to start with?
1: Cause I know like with one-to-one coaching, you have to speak p- to people with, directly. So like, how did you, um, like get, uh, no, let me rephrase that. How did you perfect that before you perfected, um, your group coaching?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the difference between group coaching and one-to-one is obviously that intimate relationship. So one-to-one, you definitely have a more in-depth, intimate relationship with somebody than you do group coaching, because group coaching, yes, you're seeing them together, but it's harder to pick up on certain cues of different people, it's harder to focusing in on certain patterns with different people, particularly as you, as you look to scale hey, you might have 500 people on a group coaching call. Like not everybody's going to get an opportunity to speak when it's share time. So you don't build as much of of a relationship with somebody. So one-to-one is very much about building a relationship and ongoing with that relationship. It's like, okay, how can we really get the most out of this person? Because you start to learn as well, like what's going to overwhelm someone, what's not going to work, what is going to work. Like I'm like, for example, that client that overcame in the 25 years of anxiety and depression I can give her loads of stuff she'll do it she'll do it she's driven whereas I've had previous clients that you know I give them two tasks and they really struggle to do it and that's just their different um attachment styles that we were touching on earlier but really yeah. perfecting one-to-one is really opening up that door and saying like hey here's what my worth is here is what I can do for you let's make it happen and really it's up to them you know i don't force anyone to work with me if you want to have like a bit of a kick in the ass here but you also want to be heard out by somebody that you may never have been heard out to in your life then cool we can rock and roll but if not it does not fuss me how did you um build
1: up that mindset to be in the sense of like you want to be able to take this action on your own but i can support you at the same time because I'm sure, like, sometimes you, you see people that you really, really want to help, but, like, you got you to gotta have them help, want to be able to help themselves before, no, let me rephrase that. You want to have people see that they they want to change before you can step in, right?
0: Yeah, so it's definitely about attaching people to their why. Like, why do you want to do what you want to do? Like, for example, if you want to make 10K months, if you want to make 20K months, like, why? Because if you're just doing that, like, I want that. You sound like a kid who wants an ice cream. Like, do you really want it? Is there a a deeper why to it? So definitely connecting people to their why is super, 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 super important. Um, Do you want to just touch base with a question real quick again? I've gone distant.
1: Yeah, no, no. no. So like, how do you make people, how do you help people realize they need to change, even though um, they might not see it initially in themselves? Mm.
0: Yeah. So I think also on top of that, um, a really good quote is you can lead a horse to water, but it doesn't mean they're going to drink it. So it's like, hey, look. I know 100% that my program's going to guide you forwards. Like I know 100% if you put in 100%, you're going to get results. But at the same time it's the same same thing with any anything. If you half ass something you're going to get half-assed results and this is where I think things is a little bit difficult in school particularly in the UK is a lot of people come through school having not revised not put any work into their exams and then come out with amazing results because they're very naturally talented but that natural talent doesn't go the rest of your life like you can't wing things for the rest of your life actually it's interesting because most people are winging it in their life most people wing things in their life they still have no idea what they're doing until they're like 60, 70 years old, and then they still don't know what they're doing. But when you actually start moving that intention forward, and you start attaching a why to it, and then you start living life off of autopilot, and actually with intention, which is very much what I teach most of my clients, then things change hugely. And that's also an important value to add to it is getting someone to do something is like, do you want to disconnect from Autopilot or do you want to do you actually want to lead life the way that you want to live
1: when you're coaching people? What's what's like the first thing that you you teach them to um, like overcome like getting off of autopilot and then just uh, Start to take action for themselves
0: Mm -hmm. The first thing I teach people is subconscious conscious um, Thought reprogramming. So what that looks like is you know assessing anxious thoughts and then Looking at how we can reframe them, and then from that place, we're looking at where did that anxious thoughts come from. So, that could have been from trauma. That could have been from experiences. So, for example, here's an here's an interesting negative thought that I used to get. I used to call myself uh, not very smart, or not think subconsciously. I was wasn't very smart. Um, because I realized that a lot of the time, I would do things in terms of rebel against my parents, and then their uh, response to that was, you stupid idiot, why would you do that? Stupid idiot, stupid idiot. And I didn't realize this, but over time, if you look at that from an experience from once that started happening, which was latter end of school, um, college, university, that's when my results started going down. That person who thought he was clever and thought that he could do things stopped. I didn't feel like I was enough. So that's a lot of the time is remembering as well when we teach, when I do teach my clients is a lot of these anxious thoughts that come up for people come back down to I'm not enough in some kind of way. So I'm insufficient, I'm not, I'm not worth this or that. And a lot of that comes from your parents and it's hard. A lot of it does come from your parents. Even people who aren't connected anymore with their parents. Like that subconscious programming rewires pretty deep. So yeah, the first thing that we teach people is uh, the the thought reframing. And then we teach them onwards from that how to shift their biggest fears basically into their biggest driving forces, which is so cool. It's such a cool transition. Like it's kind of tied in with a bit of cognitive behavioral therapy processes as well as just some general mindset, growth mindset work, but it's super sexy. I love, I love helping people with it. That's amazing. And just just to think about it,
1: like when you need to like reframe your your mindset, like that's something I had to do. And like before, when I, when I was starting my businesses, I struggled with just overcoming certain fears and limitations. And I remember when I first started, started working in my marketing agency, I told you this, I think, I believe I reached out to this one hotel that was, that's like a couple minutes from like where I live. And it was really difficult because they said no right away. But then I had to step back, re- reassess like my approach on how to work with them. And they came up with the the idea for the podcast and I invited them on and then that just built that natural rapport, which is something I didn't even know about back then. It was just something I stumbled across. (laughs) So it was really fun learning how
0: to, uh, to do that. Hell yeah, bro. I love that. And building relationships is a huge part of business. Like it's very rare that you're going to get somebody random out of the blue, just hop on a phone call with you. Like unless they really want to change and are really connected with you. But that's also about your branding and your marketing strategy as well. But at the same time, like, you know, you got to realize that you got to build a relationship with someone. But that's also the beautiful part to a podcast is you're almost building a relationship on top of it. Right. Before you started your coaching business, how did you manage
1: a full-time job and then your coaching business?
0: Before I started my coaching business, I was a waste of space. I'll be straight up with you. So before I left, after I left university, I spent a year doing bits and pieces, should we call it? and. Um, Delivery to make my money to, to keep me going Because I didn't want to leave my university environment Because I had nothing going for me I was scared um, And After that I met a girl Okay we clicked um, I ended up taking a laboring job And we moved in together um, That ended up getting toxic um, Mainly because I never had a dream for myself um, So I was kind of following her stuff And then I fucked up And then um after that we broke up that's when I got my fitness coach got into my first part of personal development and then from the personal development from there um I was working in music events so that was my passion um I always wanted to start a music events dream because I wanted to help people escape for one night in their life that was my dream um I started my music events career in COVID, so like doing something that nobody else would do. But I was like, hey, like let's just make it happen. And then I lost my job in November because of COVID and event sector really crashing and burning. And then I had like seven weeks where I started like hanging out with the wrong crowd again. Um, I'll be straight up with you, bro. We were drinking like fentanyl and like codeine and oh mate it was i was really like going down a a path and i spoke to my fitness coach at the same time so it's so weird right i'm i look amazing i look incredible like in my bodybuilding photos and i'm on this like people going oh you've achieved so much and then in the night i'm like smoking weed and drinking fentanyl and like i'm like yo there's some madness going on right now so i'm at this fork in the road so from the fork in the road I started my fitness business a day after starting my fitness business I was like I cannot be here and it was interesting naturally I had a like a night terror I've never had a night terror in my life it was the worst experience in my life what was that like because I've, I've heard people had them before
1: and like you, you said they were te- it was terrible right
0: It's almost like a, it's almost like the way I would describe it, it's like, it's almost like a nightmare, but like, it was like, I was awake and there was, when I, when I was awake, there was someone stood in the doorway with a knife and I was, yeah, it was interesting. I was, I was in the, I was in bed with a girl. I get up screaming. I was on the floor crying. I was like, oh my God, this is, this is a lot. And the way I read it when we when I came round was this is the wrong place to be. I was like, if I carry on in the road that I'm going, like this is gonna be what happens. Yeah, I end up leaving, had my business. Um, I started off with like ten clients straight away. I was really blessed, um, and then I lost ten clients straight away. So I was like, on this huge up, and then on this huge down, and me managing my business was it was either you commit or your business doesn't grow like this is it this was the only source of income i had it was i'd gone from when i was drinking the fentanyl and stuff i was living in my car and staying on my friend's floor so i knew that i had to step up um so i ended up coming home living with my parents and there really wasn't a work-life balance it was 100 hour weeks every week just to really take off, and that's why I feel like I signed a client every week. But I've had to move away from that because working 100 hour weeks every week doesn't, it doesn't help you. (laughs) If anything, it pulls you away. It pulls you away from what you want.
1: Yeah, it pulls you away from what you want and then basically you don't have any time for yourself because you're always in that hustle culture essentially right so like you no know, what would be the most important thing that you would want to tell someone who wants to like work on their
0: like work life balance so they don't get that burnout so i have this awesome little thing it's called the uh, work play rest triangle so really you want to set yourself goals for each single one and anytime you feel a little bit of out of whack and maybe you're getting more anxious than normal, maybe your work performance is going down, even though you're working loads and loads of hours. I need you to look at that triangle and I need you to ask yourself, even close your eyes and like look into your heart and go, okay, do I need to rest more? Do I need to play more? or Do I need to work more? And a lot of people, I think, miss out on that play bit because we look at that play bit as going out and partying. But we don't look at it as doing anything non-alcoholic. So I don't drink alcohol anymore. So that play goal could be, I don't know, going go-karting, going bowling. It doesn't have to necessarily need money, but like, but yeah, like something fun. That's really what it is. That play goal is something fun. Hey, go down to the play park and like get on the swings. I don't care if you're a big ass 40 year old like get (laughs) on there like it's fun like how much did you enjoy it when you were a kid I guarantee you still enjoy it just as much now oh my Um, god as a
1: as a as a kid me and my friends would get on the swings and we'd see who could jump off the furthest and like sometimes you end up like trying to hit the metal fence or get over the metal fence that was like in front of us so it was so much fun it was so much fun
0: yeah so then you've got that rest side of things like hey you actually sleeping properly so like for example me i know if i overwork sleep is a nightmare and then if i know that sleep is bad i know that i'm going to be anxious more the next day and then because i'm anxious it's then going to tie me into that cycle of overworking because i feel like i'm not doing enough so i actually have to cut i'm very strict i have three people holding me accountable that I close work at a certain time so that I can get the rest that I need so that I can be my brightest, best version of myself. Cause I know if I'm not giving off my brightest, best version of myself, I don't help people the way that I want to help people. Yeah, no, I can relate to that
1: essentially too, just because I have someone who holds me accountable also. And it was the other day and she was like, what time is it where, where you are? I'm like, it's almost 12 o'clock. She's like, it's, you're supposed to be in bed about almost an hour ago. So it's like, having that person that can hold you accountable and also, um, just keep you on track, you know, is crucial because sometimes, like you said, we can go down that rabbit hole of just doing work and not realize where we are. And, um, sometimes that can be a good thing and a bad thing, but like, definitely like if you go down that rabbit hole, you're not going to have the energy to succeed for the next day.
0: Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Like, I can do it sometimes, like sometimes I can do it, but don't ask me to do that three days in a row. But that's also why my days are set up, the way they're set up. Like I don't take regular weekends off because I find I get too disconnected. So I actually take a Tuesday and a Friday off, and we're saying off in quote marks. It's more I do my fun work activities. Um, But also there still is that time off off, if, if you know what I mean. Because the reason why I don't like having my full weekends off is because one, influence from other people which is my old social groups like i will fall fall into those social groups very happily um it's not that i don't love them it's not i don't like them i just know that i can't do that shit every week like i can't go to the pubs and, and bars and stuff cuz i'll drink one and two i don't want to i don't want to do that i don't see that as an investment of my time nor my money so Almost from that, it's like I also know that the majority of the clients that I speak to work a nine to five in the weekend, in the week, work maybe an eight to six in the week. So, in terms of like sales opportunities, there's no sales opportunities, or if we call it opportunities to help people in the week because they're always busy with their family which is absolutely fine i don't have a problem with that but also when they most need me which is going to be the weekends if i was to take my weekends off like like then i'm not available for them so yeah i also like breaking my week up because then it means that like if i do happen to be a little bit tired or if i do happen to have a lot go on in a day then i know that i'm gonna have a break at soon at a soon point anyway so yeah yeah, you no, know, thank you for sharing that. And like
1: how do you like you touched upon it before, like you have to keep yourself in check when you hang out with your old friend groups so so that you don't slip back into old habits. So what would you say is like a good tip for someone who wants to keep themselves from slipping back into those old habits? don't hang out with them no um <laughs> <laughs> yeah no because like you know like you don't want de- you, you, to you do have to be careful you don't want to dead them completely but like it's at the same time mm-hmm. it's like you said it, your time is valuable and then when once you start to become more aware of that it's like oh shit like i used to waste that much time in the past doing that
0: <laughs> yeah but also realize that you're doing them and like for example one of the friendship groups we actually we meet up maybe once every three months like as a collective as a group so we really Really value that time and we really make the most out of that time because there's a lot of other growth intended people in that group like but it just happened to be that when we used to all hang out on the regular we would all escape putting growth into ourselves together Whereas I've got another social group that every single week, every single week, maybe two, three nights a week, they're out down the pubs drinking pints of beer and stuff like that, it's a UK thing to do. Like, you get people drink like 10 pints of beer on Tuesday and go to work the next day. Absolute lunacy. I'd like to see it, if you want to start building really good habits, let's say you, say you want to start getting really fit. Start hanging out with people that are really fit because by the denominator, you're going to start training more. You're going to start engaging in more fitness things as they do. If you want to elevate your business, start hanging around with people who already have a successful, or what you would see as successful business. But then the same falls into, if you're going to hang around with five people that do drugs or whatever that may be on the regular... Guess who's going to fall into that category as that sixth denominator? It's going to be you. And you need to realize that as well, like, you can't save everyone. There are some people that really do have to find it out by themselves, especially me. You can tell me to do something, like, a hundred times. But I'll still want to find out how to do it by myself and make that error myself. But at the same time, you have to realize, like... You're not going to be able to save everyone, but you are going to be able to save yourself. And if you save yourself and you elevate yourself to the person that you want to be, and you be that lighthouse, not the tugboat with maybe your parents or your old friends or your siblings, people start to notice it, people start to notice it. And then as soon as that door gets open, they go, Hey, like I've seen you like moving forwards. And you know, I think that's really cool. Then you've got that door open, but it's that same thing. If you give people unsolicited advice and you just try and push, push, push for change with people that don't want to change or don't realize the repercussions of what they're doing, you're not going to get anywhere and you're just going to burn yourself out. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I,
1: I definitely felt like that when I first started my business, like, you know, you want to, you can't force anyone to change and, that um, they're gonna have to go on that journey themselves. Like, you know, like, and th- the best thing about coaching, I think is to, we, we don't give anyone answers. Essentially we give them the questions to find them those answers themselves. So I think that's like a, that's key to what we do. And what has been like some of the best resources that have helped you grow into the person
0: you are today? the best resources, mentors, coaches, therapists, it's other people, it's other people, Um, but also really it's just going out and doing it, I would say I'm very much an advocate with, especially some of my clients is giving them one hour of learning, but then three hours of action with what you're doing. But I would say I'm more one hour of learning, five hours of action. Like I'd rather like try and fail, try and fail, try and fail, then learn things and then go, oh, okay, I can do this this way. Which can, you can argue, yeah, it helps me a lot. You can argue, yeah, it doesn't help me. But at the same time, action and experience, I feel to a certain level, you know, it's 50-50 really. It's 50 50. Like you're not going to just get in a car and just try and fail because that try and fail is going to be dangerous. Like you have to have some knowledge behind you, but at the same time, like you still do have to action it hard. Mm -hmm. You're right. And then like, so what, so like,
1: what has fundamentally changed about your business from when you started until now? Like, has, like, have you like picked up different techniques that have um, helped you grow like time blocking or journaling something like something along those lines?
0: fundamental changes have been powerful journaling, powerful um affirmations, um but powerful friends, really. Um when I started my business, I had a friend I used to go up and see every single week and it's kind of like I always look to hang out with somebody that I quote unquote think that is better than me. Um but then at some point down the road, I don't know if this is I don't think this is a pattern of me, but I think I just don't stop but i've noticed in some of my old friendship groups that i'll be along and i'll be catching up catching up as it were with someone and then when i've caught up and i quote unquote take off or if i start getting really successful then people fall off and i'm like yo like keep coming like i'm gonna hold your hand with this like you held my hand but it's wild it's powerful friends i think but at the same time the biggest transition has really been going from fitness over to confidence and mindset.
1: That's amazing because like what would you say like the fitness and confidence go hand in hand or or they're two separate things?
0: I think the biggest misconception is that fitness and just looking fit and being fit will be what is your biggest denominator for confidence like for example if you looked at me after I was my leanest point of bodybuilding um you would say like wow he must be really confident he must be really awesome and yeah was there an element of my confidence that was higher yeah sure but was I still completely in my mind was I confident in business no was I confidence in um knowing where I was going in life no no. Was I confident in, physic- in physical attraction? Yeah, sure. But physical attraction isn't going to get you everywhere in life either. So No, you're right. Yeah, I'm very much focused on the mindset side of things. And then usually what happens, or not usually, every time this happens with clients is once we get the mindset right, is the fitness just falls into place. Like they go, okay, I'm actually going to work on my fitness journey as well. And then if they need a fitness thing and they really want to do a fitness thing with me, then I've got plenty of programs and whatnot set up already for them that I can literally just yeah. edit, chop and change anyway, because my fitness business was already really successful before I transitioned to confidence. So it's beautiful that I can make that transition as well if it needs to be. Yeah, no, that's that's
1: amazing Like if you, that you have the resources to provide someone if they do want to um, go into fitness once they get their mindset right, because if you don't have your mindset right, you're you won't be able to accomplish things you want to get done because you're going to have those limiting beliefs so like Mm. how did you um personally overcome the limiting beliefs and um
0: just like kept no didn't let the past hold you back from what you wanted to achieve um so how did i overcome beliefs and get rid of past holding me back okay so it comes back it comes back down to reshaping but also realizing like what you don't want to experience anymore um, so for example like if we drop it down into relationships like I was like hey like I don't want to have any more toxic relationships like this is really messing me up as well as like messing the other person up and I'm not here to crush anyone like the same as anybody else' as well but I have to start elevating my frequency and my level to a point where I'm not attracting these same type of people but I'm also not accepting these type of people but it's also realizing that my belief system in that was like what relationship do I feel like I deserve because if my parents relationship for example was conflictive maybe that's my only actual representation of what a relationship looks like and then if all of my friends were always quite destructive and had destructive patterns maybe I don't understand what a good friend looks like so that was something that I had to deconstruct and actually identify what I would like from a value from within a relationship or like that could be girls that could be that could be the boys whatever like whatever that may be but I had to start identifying like what was going on with what was going on in my mind, where my belief system was, where I felt like I was worth in different areas, but also then identifying from my past experiences of what I don't want and what things I want to look out for. Like I don't know about the listeners, I don't know about you, but how many situations have you been in where you started seeing like certain signs and you started having red flags come up, but you paint them green because you like them and you don't want to be alone. So you paint all these red flags green and hell no, that's not good. Oh my God, that. you know how many times am my... I? Do you know how I got cheated on the first time, bro? Do you know how I got cheated how? on the first time? Because I let her get away with shit. That's why. Oh. Because, and this is the thing, yeah, did she cheat on me? So I can take that blame off myself and go like, oh, it wasn't your fault. Yes, it was because because you had it you had to happen you didn't put boundaries in place for yourself because I let shit happen over and over and over and over and over again i had eight, it was like 8 weeks of um, every 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 8 weeks or every week for 8 weeks i saw her like um, with a different guy in a club or I'd see her leaving with a guy in a club or like whatever that may be and I was like yo but also my fear of abandonment and my anxious avoidant attachment style was also pushing her down that ro- route already yeah. because yeah. I'm texting her being like where are you, where are you, where are you so there's two there's two things here there's one, there's my fear and scarcity of something happening but two, there's that, that implementation of her fitting into that category so yeah i see this for eight weeks whatever and then eighth week i get a call okay like she's a mess drunk can you come help her right so yeah cool pick her up whatever get back weekend after that i'm working at a festival and i have a load of her like teammates come up to me and say like hey like um i think you know so and so is um cheating on you and i was like oh it's just one person like i'll just let it go i'll just i'll just paint that red flag green yeah,
1: I never, I never thought about that term.
0: <laughs> and then I had like three more, and then I'll just, and then I had like three other of teammates come up to me because I was big in the varsity teams back then. And then um, three other teammates come up to me and be like, "Oh, we saw this," and I was like, "Yo, I think I'm gonna have to have a conversation."
1: Yeah, because it, I can't tell you how many times in my past relationship, and because I ended up in a relationship of, in July of last year, and like you want to. you said you want to paint those red flags green so everything's looks looks nice you know and like when something happens like um like in a like in an argument you know like oh what that 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 argument wasn't anything but in reality really was
0: and it meant something that uh should have had more attention to yeah. And especially if you didn't build on the argument as well, especially if it's just like this is the oh, it was such a toxic relationship. I think everybody listening to it has been in one of these toxic relationships. But it was like, hey, we having a massive argument. We thought we'd be breaking up then we'd stay together. We'd be crying. And then next minute we're having very aggressive sex together. I'm like, yo, this is just wild. This is a wild. That's, that's the way my
1: old relationship was. Dude, we, dude, I'll tell you this quick story. I remember, dude, like me and my next girlfriend my now, we lived 15 minutes away from each other. But mm. dude, I remember getting into a huge argument one day cause it was raining, you know? And like she had a car and have you ever heard of a one wheel? Yeah. So I basically rode a one wheel nine miles back home (laughs) and the battery was about to die, dude. It was one of those things where like, I was just so pissed off. I didn't want to be in the room anymore. And I literally jumped on my one wheel in the summertime with my flip flops on and rode it all the way home over two bridges. (laughs) And so dude, I remember just being so pissed off while riding this thing home. And at the same time, like almost realizing that that was the point where like it had to end, you know? Yeah, sir. So it was like little things like that,
0: you know? Yeah, some wild
1: shit. Yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. So, like, what would you like? What's after all, after that whole conversation we just had, like, what would you say is like the best thing for someone to do when they want to paint those uh, red flags green?
0: I want to ask you how many more, like how many more do you want to paint until you realize that, you know, long-term, if you're looking into this and this shit's happening now, like when you have kids and when you're married and stuff, you realize this is going to still carry on. Like you have to not only like with these red flags, you have to identify them early as possible and call them out early. Like, for example, if your kid came up to you after school and you know, they're visibly upset and I look at this the same way. If they're visibly upset and you go, hey, like, are you okay? Like, what happened? And they go like, oh, nothing, it's fine. And you just skim over that. That's an opportunity for you to have opened the door up for helping your kid there. But this is also an opportunity for you to help your relationship and help yourself. Because somebody may have been in a pattern of these red flags, right? I'm not saying everybody who has red flags is the end of the world and you should break up with them. No, that's not what I'm saying. But you do need to call it out and communicate on it so that that stuff doesn't happen again. And so that you guys can move forward on a positive, confident relationship. But If you keep allowing it to happen, you keep allowing it to happen, they're going to hide more and more from you, they're going to start carrying on things, they're going to learn that they can get away with things and then before you know it, you're being taken advantage of, you're always doing things out of your alignment, you feel depressed but you're stuck in this relationship where you don't want to be alone, you're scared to leave, you're scared of rejection so you stay in this relationship with this toxic person that doesn't respect you, doesn't value you and you're in a point of not being very happy at all. Yeah, no, it's it's crucial to oh yeah
1: be have that communication because if you don't have that communication, like you said, it's just gonna go into a, a bigger downward spiral, and then once you hit that ground, it's gonna hit even harder. If you if you don't have that communication, um, it's all gonna fall apart. And I remember,
0: yeah, and that's it.
1: Um, not having communication towards the end of my relationship, and everything that was like bottled up inside of me, literally just exploded. Like
0: literally just exploded, and it was and it was ugly. It was not pretty. That's it, and that's the worst thing as well, because then you've turned to somebody was your best friend at one point into somebody that you unload all of your issues on because you have a communication problem. It's not necessarily their fault. Yes, is it some of their actions, but it's also your fault for not making that action and not communicating it. And hey, if you're getting a negative response every time you communicate, that's a red flag because then you can't move forward in your relationship. So if you're getting that consistently every time that you communicate, hey, maybe that's an opportunity for you to move on because do you want to be with a partner who's honest and open with their communication and wants to build on the relationship so you can both be their happiest version of themselves or you are going to have somebody that acts like a child which by the way is how subconscious programming works is you know, you are acting as that inner child so are you going to want to be with somebody who throws a tantrum and can't deal with you saying no And then you don't move forward in relationship. And the only reason you stay is because you fear being alone. So like what type of relationship do you, do you confidently want to be in? Yeah, no, you're right. And then I had this issue with my
1: business, my, one of my former business partners too. It was one of those things where like, we didn't have that level of communication and essentially the, the business almost fell apart because she didn't want to do it. And then um, I had to basically take over everything myself. And then that was when I had to like really stop and think like, what what can I do to just uh, get my mindset right? Because I was kind of scarred from how the the, the business um, partnership ended badly. You know, it, business partnerships, whether they're, no, relationships, whether they're
0: business or personal, definitely
1: need that level of communication. It's important. Yeah,
0: for sure. Um I've got I've had business partners in the past. And it's like, hey, you do this and I'll do this. And then I'm like not getting any response from them, and I'm like, "Hey, are we meeting up for this? Are we meeting up for this?" And then they're not meeting up for this. But it means that like somewhere we're slipping, right? It means that somewhere we're not being our best version of ourselves, which means we're not serving our clients at our highest level. So like that's not good enough. Like that is not good enough. So it 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 really isn't and so like on the
1: topic of like cuz I, I don't want to take too, take up too much of your time i know we went we're over 15 minutes but um at the same time like i like i want to ask you like at least two more questions just that, that i think people are going to find value in so what if affirmations do you tell yourself in the morning to get yourself um going in and in, in that right mindset to
0: be the leader they want to become oh damn damn here we go so affirmations i actually have a huge affirmation statement i'll read it out. yeah oh i can't see i'm gonna have to turn my light on okay go for it so if you're a listener feel free to um take from mine but at the same time um this is really about building a vision for yourself so i want you to build a vision for yourself once you build that vision like write it out as an i am longer statement And then from there, you're going to repeat it and really like manifest that into your head. So I'm in guidance with building my open connection with myself, both through embodying clothes that represent my energy, represent the open person and version of myself that lives in London and in Florida homes and it radiating light in every single day with both of them. But I have a guided intention of my faith that... Oh my God, I can't read it from here. (laughs) I have a guided intention of my feet in the sand for a TV show that I've been invited into. I'm fixing physical and emotional emotional past pain and I'm leaning into my fears. I'm connecting with the woman of my dreams and manifesting that to happen. I'm also transitioning to hit my personal light of coaching clients and connecting with people every single day that resonate with me. I'm also connecting with my Kaizen ECS family, these are two coaching programs I'm part of, in Sedona and whilst weekly I'm transitioning into my better version of myself by doing things that challenge me such as cold water plunging I do a cold water plunge every single week. It's very exciting but very cold. Oh Um, that's awesome (laughs) and attracting more and more powerful clients every single day I serve people at the highest level and I serve myself at the highest level but also some cool little affirmations some cool ones which are literally just for the shower is I love myself I trust myself I believe in myself I'm confident in myself I'm a badass I have an abundance of health wealth and opportunity the financial abundance I seek is also seeking me and I release anything that stands in between us Um, but this is the thing with all of these affirmations if I say them super quick then they don't carry meaning like i have to say them with emotion i have to say them with power so you can have 30 different affirmations and ram them down you as much as you like but what's also powerful by just using one affirmation so for example i love myself like i love myself like with power with intention you're also going to breed bring up the subconscious programming that caused you to not love yourself in the first place so from there that's where you wow i didn't think about it that way journal and that's where I give a lot of my clients I like, work to work through that because if we give ourselves 30 different affirmations you're looking at it as like a peak in a trough you're gonna peak high But you also got to realize, can you handle that hard trough as well? And that's also a mindset thing as well, is learning how to take, for example, I would be in, I used to have like six months of depression. Can you take six months of depression and now can you shape that around in five minutes? For me, I know I can because I've worked heavy on my mindset. Give the old Luke all of that personal development in one day. Oh my word, we're going to have a breakdown. But at the same time, (laughs) at the same time, it's about taking your journey at your road and your pace but at the same time also giving that giving yourself an opportunity to step outside of your comfort zone so that you can grow as well does that make sense no that made a lot of sense thank you for sharing that
1: and if anyone has questions about this after listening to the podcast you can always hit uh myself up or Luke uh about this topic on our instagrams too so like we're, we're here to support you in your journey to becoming the badass version that you know you can become yeah, yeah for sure and you mind if I shout out my instagram yeah no, no actually so I was I was actually one more question this is the way i was gonna structure it so Mm. oh here we go (laughs) here's the build-up yeah no so i was gonna say um for for anyone who's listening out there right now that's struggling with confidence what would you want to tell them after listening to us for a whole hour
0: (laughs) if anyone is struggling with their confidence right now what would i tell them take a really deep breath close your eyes and remember who the fuck you are because that's that's fucking amazing you need to realize that (laughs) you are enough you will always be enough and you have always been enough yeah so you need to realize here that like one of the main reasons why you may not be confident is because you're constantly searching for something outside of yourself constantly looking for something external to make you feel better to bring up your energy realize that you have this power inside you and you have the answers within inside you it's just time to act on it and time to step forward. So take those steps forward and you'll be grand.
1: Yeah, that's that's something I would say too. Just t- start taking those steps forward and taking action on what you want to do. And uh, uh, Luke, so where can our listeners connect with you online? Whether it's LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, just do a whole rundown so people can uh, find your s- stuff
0: yeah yeah if you want to connect with me the best place the best place is to connect with me on instagram at luke period anning a-n-n-i-n-g um hit me up on linkedin as well i have tiktok luke confidence coach um i have facebook which is just my name luke anning but really the best place to to go is instagram
1: Thank you for sharing that. And um, I hope to have you again on this podcast soon in the future so we can talk about some more stuff too. Yes, sir. Because today we we dove into a whole bunch of different topics.
0: Yes, sir. Yeah, I'd be happy to come back and I really appreciate you bringing me here and giving your listeners an opportunity to listen to me. So I I really appreciate not only you, but everyone who's taken the time out of their day to listen to this as well. Yeah, thank you. And uh, I'll be speaking to you soon. Yeah, dude, rock and roll.
1: Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Commercial Free Podcast. If you love this episode, please share it on your Instagram stories with the one takeaway you had and tag me in it at stephen.brennan. That is S-T-E-V-E-N dot Brennan, B-R-E-N-N-A-N. And I look forward to spending time with you in the next podcast. And also, don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss another episode.